0: I'm good to go. Welcome to Nuggets Numbers. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Tuesday night. We are still waiting for the Kawhi Leonard decision. And to join me in wondering what the hell the league is gonna look like for the next several years, it is former Denver Stiff Staff Writer and co-captain to a to Mr. Mars, It is Zach Mikosh. Zach, how are you doing, man?
1: I'm doing good, man. It's like, you know, what was that movie when he's like, like tried to get out and they kept pulling me back in? You're too <laughs> young, <This is, laughs>
0: I Yeah, I <laughs> honestly had no idea. No idea what you're talking about there, but that's okay. okay. That's okay. We're, okay. You're dating yourself, man.
1: Uh, that's alright.
0: Uh, or maybe I'm dating myself. I'm
1: retired, uh, so I'm already dated. It's fine.
0: How is retirement going? It's, it's actually, actually pretty good. You know, there's, uh, there's
1: there's little uh, little regret. Every now and then I'm like, oh man, I, it'd be kind of fun. Like right now it's getting, starting to get exciting because it's like we got Summer League growing right. up, Michael Porter Jr. All this all this hype is about to reach its uh, its climax, and so that right now is a little fun. But yeah, I haven't. Uh, I mean, man. I feel for you guys having to cover a draft where the Nuggets didn't have any picks. Uh, Tim Connelly, maybe that was that was the uh, the real reason he traded for Bull Bull. Yeah, right? that's
0: funny. That, <laughs> that like, would be hilarious if that was actually the reason. So I gotta yeah, throw was, these guys a bone. Exactly. Oh man, they've been waiting here for four and a half hours. It's cold <laughs> pizza time. Oh man. But hey, the Michael Porter Jr. talk that's kind of reaching levels that I can't really remember, and we'll probably talk about it in some sort of column for Denver Sifts tomorrow, but. Michael Porter Jr. just keeps getting hyped by the Nuggets on the record and off the record. Yes. It is kind of crazy to hear about some of the things that are coming out of there. Uh, what do you make of the hype right now with Michael Porter Jr.? And what do you think the Nuggets make of it?
1: I think – so here's the thing is I think it, it's – this. I was thinking about this earlier today and it, it's just my theory. Um, because you what, I, what you said there was was very true on the record and off the record and and, and it's – from From various different different people uh, within the organization, outside the organization, uh, you know, just insiders stuff like that, and it's all it, no, nothing substantial, nothing nothing concrete, but it's all just like whispers, you know, and, and, and rumors of, of of how good he looks and how good you know Vlatko looks, and hey, even you know Bol Bol uh, Adam Mars was just telling us like you just saw him you know, nail some some deep threes back to back with like you know uh, like it was nothing. Um, and it's it's just funny, and it's because I think it, when you see something, one thing that I learned about uh, writing or writing or with, with with the Stiffs is is when you see a team do something like that, like there's there's the the Woj coming out with you know saying something was really uh, a couple weeks ago about how, how great Michael Porter Jr. looks, and there's there's you know Chris Dempsey is on on the radio talking about it uh, and stuff like that, and you so you know like that's the that's the the narrative that they've got out there, right? The Team wants put out there and that's that's what they're doing but there's also when you get all this off the record stuff too that that's the narrative they kind of want planted you know in there I almost think so it's to me what i make of all of this hype coming from both angles is honestly there's going to be not a lot going on in free agency, maybe nothing, which we're already seeing. Um, and there's, they're totally bringing this back uh, with the exact same team they had last year plus Michael Porter Jr. So they're trying to get everybody hyped up uh, about these rookies uh, that are coming in or these these second-year guys and, and what they're going to do because they know uh, they're not bringing in any big free agents or, or doing any big trades right now. So this is this is what they've got to get everybody excited.
0: What's insane – like you, you did talk about that. The Nuggets moving forward are basically the same team and they're really relying on Michael Porter Jr. and maybe Jared Vanderbilt and Bull Bull and some of the younger guys that haven't really played a lot yet to really step up and elevate that group. We were just kind of talking off the podcast, uh, the Nuggets of the 15-man roster that they had last year, 12 of those guys are going to be back. Right. They only had three guys who are out the door with uh, Isaiah Thomas, who just signed in a in Washington. Washington and will probably be their starting point guard. Uh, Trey Lyles I guess could technically be back. He he was tendered a restricted offer but I wouldn't expect him to be. And then Tyler Lydon is just patiently waiting at his phone and, and is probably uh, <laughs> probably hoping to get that call. I don't know if the Nuggets are going to give it to him. So, and then you've got Thomas Welch who's still on the two-way and Brandon Goodwin who they also right. tendered a restricted free agent offer to so he could be back on a two-way. Right. So, there's just not a lot of turnover uh, what do you think they do? Do you think they'll bring back Lyles on that 15th roster spot? Or do you think that they might look outside the organization? Or do they have to fill it at all?
1: Um, I think I, they'll probably, I would say they would fill it because nowadays, you know, they used to, some teams would leave that 14. They'd only carry 14 guys right. And they would keep that 15th open. But I don't think you see that as much with the two way contracts now, because they've got that, you know, they've got the ability to bring a guy up, uh, right out of uh, the the G League, and in in case of an emergency or something, so I, I think you see more teams carry fifteen guys. I think the Nuggets will do the same, uh, whether or not it's Lyles. Uh, that that's an interesting question because you've got okay, so you've got those, you've got basically five spots open because you can you can flip two ways. Like two ways are 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 nothing to to get out of. Uh, at, at any time sure. so you can flip those guys if you want but you've got so you've got three full roster spots and two two-way spots and when you think about it if we assume let's just assume Lydon um, <clears throat> and it, it is gone and even you can even assume that Lyles is gone and you've got those full five open spots well you already uh, know that you're probably going to want to bring Goodwin in uh, on some some version of either a two-way or even perhaps a full nba deal same thing with welsh you got those two guys from last year you've got now Bol, Bol who you just drafted you're probably i'm guessing going to give um a full nba contract just like you did with jared vanderbilt even though he's a second round pick you don't have to do that you right. want him to be with your medical staff working with your training staff so i imagine he gets one you got vlatko chanchar also coming over um from from the the european league so those four guys right there automatically take up four of your five slots. You've got that one last slot open. You could do a number of things with it, which is why I think they go ahead and tender uh, the qualifying offer to Trey Lyles. It's kind of your fallback, uh, if you will, that you, you know, you got got at least Trey Lyles is at least what you'll be bringing back in that spot. But you know, if somebody catches your eye uh, in summer league, if there's a, a free agent out there, they do want to try and get with the, maybe with the mid level exception or something, I could see them bringing that back. My, my gut tells me, uh, somebody, probably maybe even like a team like the Lakers, uh, will offer Trey Lyles some sort of contract to go a small contract to go play play for them. The Nuggets aren't going to bother matching it, and then they'll just take it. They'll they'll take the 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 star of um of summer league, whoever that is. You know, it was it was Torrey Craig when year it was uh, who's the guy last year that they gave a two year two way to, and then he he didn't make it too long before they gave Goodwin.
0: Uh, I think it was Akun Purcell. Is that right? Yep,
1: yep, yep. Devon Akun Purcell. Yeah. So, you know, they'll they'll find that guy. I think he'll get a two-way contract. I expect Goodwin probably gets a full NBA contract along with Bol Bol. Welsh back on a two-way as well.
0: Interesting. I didn't really expect them to go after Brandon Goodwin with that full-time contract. He didn't really ever make an impression with me. But maybe they're waiting on Summer League to see if they make an impression on him. So... Uh, it's possible right. that he could play his way into that 15th roster spot that would that would actually make a lot of sense and then kind of do the same thing that they had done in previous years uh, where they let guys who they were considering for two-way contracts actually play their way into something better right uh, I, I can see them doing that I think that they need a third point guard so right. he would probably qualify. If not him, then they could find another young option or they could go for the, the way of the veteran that's not going to play like a, uh, a Jose Calderon or somebody like that. Uh, somebody that you know is going to be good for your locker room culture and can step up in a pinch if Monte Morris got injured. So either way, I think that, that they're probably going to fill it. Uh, like you said, it doesn't seem like it would make any sense to leave it unfilled unless they were looking for the buyout market in February, right, uh, but that's a long way away,
1: right? And you've got you've got a number of, I mean, contracts. So when you're talking about, you know, when you talk about giving uh, a guy, if you do give a, a branding good one a contract, I mean, you know, when you think about what they signed Tori Craig for, it's it's really not much. Uh, at all it's, it's pretty easy to move off of you've got uh, Jared Vanderbilt's contract owners, which they probably would not do but if for some reason that's another easy one to really just move off of um, they've got they've got a way you know to, to clear open a spot even if they sign Goodwin uh, or someone else to a two-way you know they've got ways to clear uh, open that one spot without too much difficulty I would think they also you know at that trade deadline if they want to clear out a spot they're going to have some big expiring contracts which depending on where they're at uh, in the standings would also potentially be a, a move they could make.
0: True. Well, we're kind of burying the lead here in terms of Nuggets talk <laughs> because the big thing that happened, I would say, is the Jamal Murray contract extension. That was yep. something that kind of came out of left field for me. I don't know where it was like for you. Uh, what was your first thought when the news broke?
1: Uh, it was quick. I think it was probably that, like, you know – with when you because the 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 biggest I think the biggest uh, thing precedent we have to look at is, is the deal they gave Gary Harris which was uh, totally it turns out absolutely wasn't a precedent at all it was totally a different type of contract um, but they also I mean that 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 went in for a while I think they were right if I remember right into preseason um, before they got that deal finalized this one I mean within. You know, within seconds, it tells me, you know, and with all the money everybody's been spending, it tells me that the the owners seem to, to think that the cap is going to be uh, going up pretty, pretty sharply here in the next few years uh, with how quickly and how much money uh, they're throwing out there and, and Jamal Murray's deal uh, among them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was... Uh Again, it, it just wasn't something I was looking out for. I was really looking for the rest of the league, seeing where Kawhi Leonard was going to end up going. We still don't obviously know about that. Uh, you have right. Kawhi, are you Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant who decide to pair up in Brooklyn? We'll probably talk about that a little bit later. But seven, a hundred and seventy million for Jamal Murray over five years is averaging thirty four million dollars. Um. Nikola Jokic will barely get up over that threshold during his contract extension. Uh, after thinking about it for longer, do you think that Jamal Murray, to the Nuggets, not necessarily to the rest of the league, but to the Nuggets, was worth this extension?
1: Oh, man, that's tough to say right now. I I guess I, I would say yes, because you, I think you had to do it. I think... You couldn't. I mean, listen. You could have. You could have let him play, play it out. But really, what what is gonna change uh, unless something terrible happens? You know, which which is gonna be bad for you anyways. Uh, and you know, and he has some some terrible injury or something, or he becomes a complete you know completely unhappy or and becomes a problem which you wouldn't expect uh, from Jamal unless something like that happens. I don't see the situation changing uh, a ton. Down, you know, down the road for them. So to me, get it done now, make him happy. Um, because if he is what you think he is, then you, you are really going to regret, um, hardballing him now. Uh, because as we saw, you know, with Utah and Gordon Hayward now, uh, should be it should probably be noted that Utah has bounced back nicely but um, you know that they lost him because they hardballed him off of his rookie contract knowing that he'd be a restricted free agent they could always just match uh, any offer somebody else made which is what they did you know because of that uh, then when he was an unrestricted free agent at the end of that deal, he ends up walking and going to Boston. You don't want something like that to happen again with Jamal Murray because you, when you're the Denver Nuggets, you don't have the luxury of letting high quality players like Jamal Murray just end up walking because you can't just sign them in free agency. When you, you when you put the the investment they have in, in to develop that guy, uh, you know, you you've got to you got to be all in uh, on it because because he's already shown in the playoffs that he's he's pro- he's got promise to be to be somebody uh, pretty special for your team. So yeah, I think you just you have to so it, like you kind of even framed it to them yes it is it is worth it to the rest of the league do they look at Jamal Murray as a max player you know I don't know I mean that's uh, probably not a lot of people are probably looking at that around the league and saying that's that's a lot of money for a guy who's you know had, had one pretty solid playoff run
0: yeah you know somebody like Steve Kerr he, he came out and talked about who some of the next great shooters were in the NBA. And he specifically referenced Jamal Murray as somebody who could step up into that Steph Curry mold in the future. I'm a little bit more skeptical about that, but if it does happen, then obviously that justifies the contract that makes it seem like, okay, you locked up your guy. You believe that he could be the first or second guy on a championship level team. Uh, the nuggets have to think that if they're offering this deal, there's no way that they could say, uh, there's no way they could hardball him if they actually believe that he could be a star. Uh, you just don't see it. And, right. and Adam and Matt Moore talked about this on Locked On. Uh, you don't see stars and and guys of that level where their teams are quibbling about the number. Uh, Jamal's really on the borderline because I don't necessarily view him as like a solid starter for his future but i don't know if i necessarily view him as a superstar either right so it's a good vote of confidence with the nuggets that they do see him that way or at least they pay him that way now he just has to live up to it and it's a ton of pressure a ton of pressure
1: right yeah and, and you you know a guy like jamal you'd hope uh, is 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 built to take on that kind of pressure and, and it is built for this moment you know i think that's that, the thing is, is is he doesn't necessarily have to be a superstar. Um, but he's got to be uh, a a perennial all star type of guy. There's it's a small distinction, and maybe maybe just arguing semantics a bit. But you know he doesn't. I think the Nuggets have the guy who is the superstar who carries the team, who is the number one uh, clear number one player on their team in Jokic. And I think I think we saw this season and in these playoffs as good as Jamal Murray was, Jokic was better and and was the key to them getting as far as they did. So. They don't necessarily need Jamal to be a Steph Curry, if you will, um, but they need him to be more of a Clay Thompson. You know that kind of that right. kind of guy, and if uh, that, I think he can do that. I think is kind of where where you you see it, but I want to see it for a full season. We saw it in the playoffs, and I thought we you know we, we, we got a taste of of this player who could be. Uh, spectacular but we also saw what we saw a lot during his entire career which is the the inconsistencies and the the, you know the 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 struggles he had particularly in the uh, the beginning of that san antonio series so there's that that's where he's gonna have to that's the next step that he's got to take is he's got to gain the ability to not have such such you know he's got to level it out not a, the maybe the peaks don't have to be as high like like crazy you know the, like later in that San Antonio series when he had the crazy fourth quarter or the 48 point games against Boston things like that but but if he's he's got to, to not slump the way that he does um when, when when he, you know, we've seen it at the beginning of every year, and, and we saw it uh, in the playoffs again, at the beginning of the playoffs, he's, he's got to figure out a way to just get it going quicker and, and maintain right. a, more, a more even bottom.
0: Yeah, being consistent, I think, is probably the last step that stars learn. Uh, you can obviously see the flashes right. with guys like Jokic, you could see the flashes extremely early. Mm-hmm. He had 40 points in Madison Square Garden. He put up 41 against Brooklyn one year uh, had 29 14 15 or something like that against Oklahoma City and but he had these spot he had these performances kind of in spots and started to develop that consistency uh, more towards the end of year three and then into year four this past year. Uh, it would be really nice if Jamal Murray kind of followed that same track. Right. Where he started developing some consistency in the playoffs. It wasn't always perfect, but he put up a very consistent offensive performance in generating buckets and generating points. And I don't think people realize this, but his turnover numbers in the playoffs were super low. Right. He was making really good decisions with the ball. And and I was frankly shocked just how he handled that pressure. Uh, He wasn't necessarily an elite passer. But he didn't turn the ball over. He made sure to get the ball where it was going. And even if he was just able to get up a shot, then that was better than turning it over, of course. So the, the goal for him, I think, needs to be to improve his efficiency as much as he can and then to continue doing crazy shit, honestly. <laughs> uh, keep keep growing your game where you can take those step-back threes and, and just bail out the nuggets late in the shot clock where they need a bucket and you can be that guy. If you can consistently turn into that guy and make that reasonably efficient, then, Oh my God. Like he's, he probably won't be an all-star next year, but for the life of his contract, maybe he makes it a couple of times, three times. Right. If, if the nuggets can get that sort of guy, then I think that they have a pretty good deal here. Um, uh, let me ask you this: Do you think that Jokic and Murray can be the first and second best guys on a championship team? When you look into the uh, when you look into the record books, you see the Denver Nuggets are the champions. Are Jokic and Murray the first and second best players ever?
1: Um, boy, that's tough because Jokic definitely yes. Um, I di- I didn't always believe that he could be, uh, but I think he's learned. I mean, he's. He he's got to the point where where if he needs to if if the Nuggets need him to I mean he can like later we're talking about the consistency he can put up twenty points a night. Um, with Crazy without how big his come up has been. Right.
0: Crazy how big it like it just it just completely turned on its head this past year. So keep going.
1: Right. Yeah. So I mean that, that having that guy where you know like they could give the ball to Jokic and and he could get them a bucket um, when they need it. In in the playoffs, that that was that was a huge development for him, and, and really solidified in my mind that he could be a number one uh, guy. With Murray, like like I was going back to, it's that it's that consistency to be the number two. I do I think he can do it. Yeah, absolutely, because he he's got that he's got that ceiling um, that's up there. Will he do it? You know, it, it it's it, we're we're fixing to find out. He's he's this is a big season for him. Um, even though he he already got the contract, um, it's still a big season for him uh, in terms of his career because this is really the moment now where everybody is expecting him. And and like you mentioned before, the pressure is now on him because he has the contract. Um, but this is this is his time to step up into that role and show the Nuggets uh, if he got it. Because if he doesn't. And you end up with maybe one of those guys who starts bouncing around the league because you're on this big deal. You know, you're getting kind of tossed in or, or even getting kind of dumped uh, or, uh, as people are trying to move you. Move, You know, the Nuggets could be trying to move off that contract, sort of thing. So um, we're going to find out really quick. I think he's got it in him. It's just a matter of, you know, w- will the situation be right uh, for him to actually get to that level?
0: I need to see his efficiency come back. Uh, that was his big thing in his second season where he was putting up about a 58% true shooting as a second year guard starting for the first time at point guard. It was extremely impressive what he was doing. And this past year it took a hit because he had a larger role and, and though he was probably more skilled with what he was doing and being able to generate more shots, those shots in themselves were less valuable as mid-range attempts and floaters and, and around the rim, but not really like I think his efficiency at the rim dropped this year. So I need to see his efficiency come back. I need to see him prioritize that before actually saying that he could be a first or second option. Because when you look around the league at the top guards, all of them are above 58% true shooting. They're they're above 60% true shooting kind of in that absurd range uh, James Harden's like that. Steph Curry's like that. Damian Lillard and Kyrie Irving and Kemba Wa- Kemba Walker's actually pretty low, but he's carrying the entire load. Um, but Jamal Murray dropped a fifty three point seven. I think the number is, and that just needs to get higher. He shot free throws way poor, way way worse than he had in his previous two years and his year at Kentucky. So. I think that will probably bounce back for him, but he needs to get back to a place where he's shooting it efficiently.
1: Yeah, and you know, one thing that will go into that and making it better for him is if he can find it. I think, you know, now that Jamal is getting a little more reputation around the league um, and, and is hopefully continuing to improve on his his handle and his ability to uh, to create with the ball in his hands, he's got to find a way to get himself to the free throw line more, and that will help yeah. You know, that will help that, that, that true shooting percentage come up. It, it, it also is something that, you know, with with just how efficient he is at the line, you know, it's one place where you know that he could really excel. But he just, you know, he obviously being he's a, he's a point guard, it's a little bit tougher for him to get in the lane. But we, we've seen plenty of small guards uh, find their way into getting... Yeah. Um, getting lots of free throw attempts, especially in this in this day and age in the NBA. So that's something, you know, as painful as it might be to, for some fans to hear this, you know, maybe like adding a little bit of those James Harden elements to his game um, so that he can get some, some more attempts at the free throw line will also, I think, help him uh, really improve on that efficiency.
0: All right, well, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the rest of free agency and where the Nuggets stand in that West. So we'll be right back. Nuggets numbers. I'm with Zach Mikosh here, uh, having a grand old time in retirement over there, and right. just enjoying his life, uh, writing free for the moment. We don't know if that's going to stick, but we'll we'll see what happens. I I think that Zach's going to start itching for writing next year. So, you know, we'll the see.
1: thing I was going to point out is like you know, so uh, when we we started this um when we started this this Denver Stiffs podcast channel. Uh, we had to give up, I had to in, give up the, the naming rights, uh, to the pickaxe pundit show. So I was like, you know, what if I just went back to the pickaxe podcast now? Cause I originally had to change off of that, uh, when we were on dash radio. So it was, you know, and then now I was like, I'll just, I could just start up my own podcast again and, uh, you know, post it, maybe get 10 listeners a week. It'll it'd be like, uh, be the new thing. So <laughs>
0: <that's> <laughs> I right. will listen. That's, a, that's
1: right. That's right. One of the 10.
0: You definitely have to do. I, I'd be excited to listen to that. Let's get into a free agency because I this has been the craziest free agency I think we've ever seen. Yeah, I would uh, agree. With with as many people as were up for free agency, it was basically half the league according to various ESPN people. Uh, over three billion dollars were shelled out in guaranteed money. Like it's a uh, free agency's booming right now, and I think the best place to start is. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant heading to the Brooklyn Nets Uh, when you first heard that when you first saw that Katie was ultimately going to go to Brooklyn what did you think of that Uh,
1: you know I was for whatever reason that was my hunch uh, and has been for a bit that he was going to end up in Brooklyn because you know we had been hearing about him wanting to go to New York uh, for a while but you were looking at the Knicks and it was just like they were a mess and so uh, basically once they once the lottery was done and you knew they weren't the Knicks weren't getting Zion you know you got all this this stuff with whatever you know, whatever James Dolan's latest crazy thing that he's doing, and they're you're know, looking at their, you know, man, draft pick after draft pick, whether it was uh, Nila Kina or or Kevin Knox, you know, these all these guys that they're picking, and they're really not looking so great and so hot, and it's like, why would why would why does anyone want to go to the Knicks? Because like the mystique of Madison Square Garden is that you know, is that really? That important and then you like it and you look, you know, well, the, the draw of New York City is obviously there. But then you realize, you know, you got Brooklyn and, and, and Brooklyn um, has kind of become like they, they, they've got this cool kind of image now, you know, from from where they were as the New Jersey Nets. From You know, you look at the way they've changed their image when they moved they moved to Brooklyn, right? They went from those kind of red, white and blue and stars and kind of funky looking uniforms for the, the name Nets. And they went to, you know, the black and white um which which it would is is been a pretty you know pretty sleek look and then they get the brand new fancy uh, stadium and then they've got the uh, the amazing training facilities and you just like look at that and you're like man that's like like that is that is the spot to be in New York now if you're gonna go to New York you know that's where to be so uh, yeah it just uh, it, to me it made sense and then you know there's also been a ton of talk uh, about Katie and Kyrie. Uh, teaming up together, so that was kind of the minute he, I, he was basically like ghosting uh, on the Celtics. <laughs> um, you know, it's like like a bad Tinder date. He uh, he he. You knew I just figured I was like, well, then he's probably going to Brooklyn, right? Because that's that would make sense if I if I'm gonna say in my mind. I mean, I was like, if I'm gonna say to myself that, that KD's going to Brooklyn, then uh, then I think Kyrie is is going as well. So yeah, and actually not too. Uh, to surprise it, I think it's cool. To be honest with you, I think it's really cool that those two guys are um, teaming up on the Nets. And I think it's cool that the Nets are now like the the power team in New York instead of the Knicks. That's, uh, maybe it's just, I don't know why. I mean, I've just right. known some obnoxious Knicks fans, but i <laughs> um, just happy to see see that change of power hoping now like the clippers should take note uh, of what the what the, the nets have been doing these past this past decade
0: 100 percent I, I agree with all of that I wonder what uh I wonder what Kyrie Irving's lines would be like on tinder what uh, a <laughs> what what kind of game is Kyrie Irving spitting trying to uh, trying to pull a date is he talking about the Flat earth society is he uh is he referencing some Random quote, or maybe a Chinese proverb, or something like that. Uh, that that sounds like that, a, sounds, that sounds like something like
1: you do right,
0: right so, up his alley. Something that
1: makes him seem very woke. You know, that's that would be. Uh, I think I think Kyrie's game. That and you know I don't. God, I don't know that he's on Tinder because he's like uh, a multi-millionaire. Um, so I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he has, has any though. trouble
0: there. But on top of being a great brand for Brooklyn, on top of just uh, them positioning themselves really well, being in a large market, they're actually really good.
1: Yeah, they, and they have uh, a good team, right?
0: They like, I I saw a tweet today from a Knicks fan that was like, you know, even without without Kevin Durant the Knicks could actually be the same record as the Nets. Fight me about it. And I was like, okay, I will probably fight you about it because the Nets are so far superior that right. they have Spencer Dinwiddie coming off of their bench as the sixth man. And right, who would be the, the best Knicks,
1: player I, on the Knicks?
0: <laughs> yeah, he would probably be the best player. It's, right. it's at least debatable at this point. So you've got Kyrie Irving. You've got Karis LeVert. You're probably starting Joe Harris in a, in a three-guard or wing mm-hmm. lineup. Uh, you've got Torian Prince, who they just picked up from Atlanta, who can start at the four in place of Kevin Durant. And then you've got Jared Allen.
1: Or DeAndre They've Jordan. they Jordan, got
0: DeAndre Jordan as a backup. They just right. signed Wilson Chandler, a friend yep. of the program, Wilson friend Chandler. Friend of the program. <laughs> Uh, he's a uh, he's a good pickup for them, and then they obviously have Dinwiddie, and they have right. other pieces to back those guys up. So that's a really really good situation. And then you add Kevin Durant next year, hopefully as healthy as he can be. Uh, you don't know how that's going to turn out, but you might as well try. Like yeah. that's a uh, that's a really really good risk for them to take. Uh, elsewhere, you've got the Kawhi Leonard saga, who right now I don't know if he's. On Twitter, I don't know where he is in the world. Where in the world is Kawhi Leonard? I assume he's somewhere in Los Angeles, just chillin'. Like maybe he's going snorkeling. <laughs> uh, he's he's clearly not above water because he like the entire NBA world is waiting for him, and he just doesn't seem to have shown up.
1: It's uh it's very quiet, right? It's almost a little too on brand, uh, which which concerns me. If you're if you're that on brand, it makes me feel like you're about to go to the Lakers. Um, yeah, because that's where brand is important. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. It, 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 let me. Just, I mean, it would just suck, man. It really would to see him. Uh, go to the Lakers. Not because I, I, look, Kawhi's got nothing to prove, left to prove. I mean, he's, his, his first ballot Hall of Fame status is cemented. Uh, his, his one of the best of all time is already like cemented and he's got a lot, a lot of game, uh, left to play, but, um, the Lakers, uh, to me, as an organization, have so much left to prove. Like, and, and the only thing that they've proven right now is that they're a totally incompetent organization. But the fact yep. of the matter is that because they're in Los Angeles and because freaking Magic Johnson was super badass back in the 80s, like, they, for some reason, and Kobe <laughs> was, like, badass and Shaq were badass in, like, the 90s and 2000s, like, they get to get, have LeBron and Anthony Davis and, and maybe Kawhi Leonard. And it's just like... Uh, it's just... Uh, it's just really frustrating to to as as a fan of the league, as a fan of a team who's not the Lakers or uh now I guess the Nets or the you know the, the five or so teams out there that that are really but even when you say that when you think about like the five or so teams really it's been like two or three it's it's been whatever team LeBron plays for and the Warriors has pretty much been it like uh, to see those teams just consistently be able to to get the to stack the deck with player after player to where no matter no matter even when your team like the Nuggets does it totally right and 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 drafts really well and and develops a really good culture and and, and takes care of players even the ones who are uh, not or no longer uh, going to be uh, with the team you know like a Gallinari um, or or a Jameer Nelson. Uh, and you do it all right, and you, you're actually building something that's really, really entertaining and competitive. And then you you you, you lose it all, or you don't even get a chance, maybe, at, at really having a shot at the title because th- three dudes just decided to team up uh, in Hollywood and make movies and win rings.
0: It's tough. Uh, three top ten players on one team. I think that's a a stronger stack than the Warriors had with three players. Now, if you argue Mm -hmm. four players, then Kyle Kuzma does not compare to either Draymond Green or Clay Thompson, of course. But you you talk about the best trios in history, and that's probably number one. I can't think of any other trio in their prime Mm. that was just as good. So I
1: I I would bring up two. Um... LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh, when when they first got – they were – real. I mean, pe- people forget how good uh, Chris Bosh was. But I would say he probably was a top 10 in the league uh, yeah. at that time. And then the other one I would have to say is Jordan, Pippen, and Rodman. Those they, It's a, whether or not – it's how you feel about Rodman because he was like a, sort of a, the, the most – the greatest elite oh. role player we've probably ever seen. Um, and whether or not that makes him uh, a top 10 guy in the NBA, probably not – um, but um,
0: yeah, I'd probably compare him to like a Draymond Green of today, right? Right. Uh, where he's just a super role player, and like you, you can't really replace that on some teams, but you can if you have a superstar. So it's uh, it's tough. They don't have a lot left beyond James, uh, Davis, and maybe Kawhi but mm-hmm. i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing how this is going there were a lot of reports that said he was going to the lakers and it was going to sign there tomorrow or excuse me yesterday evening right uh, and that didn't happen so it's it's possible that people are getting wrong reports or feeding wrong reports on purpose Mm-hmm. I wonder what he's going to do. I don't know if he's met with Toronto yet, but it would be really, really nice to see him go back to Toronto and just try to try to go back to back because I think that you can. If oh yeah. He, if if he doesn't go to the Lakers, then I think the Raptors have to be the favorite, right?
1: Yeah. If he goes back to Toronto, I would say they'd have to be your, uh, you know, your favorite to to win the the championship right now. I and I wouldn't even have the Lakers second. I mean, I'd probably have maybe Milwaukee second. Um, in the, in that. Uh, in, in those odds. So, like, yeah, I, if he goes back, I mean, if, if he goes back, and I think why everybody's pulling for it is other than obviously the Laker fans is because they, we all know how, you know, there's there's the if, if if Kawhi's back Toronto, they're the front runners. But there's probably what like ten teams who you look at and be like, yeah, I mean, I could see how maybe not ten, maybe maybe like maybe like six or eight. There's 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 a, a good group of teams out there who you could. You know, you could potentially say, hey, if, if, if things fall right and, and luck is always a part of it, as as we saw this year with Toronto uh, and, and Golden State, um, if things fall right, you know, there there's a, a whole group of teams that could potentially win the championship. Nuggets among them. So I think. Um, uh, yeah, I
0: was just going to say. Yeah. Uh, the nuggets, nuggets fans have to be rooting for Kawhi to go anywhere but the Lakers. I think that they could right. probably beat a Clippers team with Kawhi. But when you talk about adding two other top ten players to that team, it's it's just hard. And those are all mm-hmm. guys that the Nuggets struggle to defend, so it's right. uh, it's a tough one. So let's let's move off of Kawhi. Uh one off season that really stuck out to me, and I don't know if they felt the same about you, but the Utah Jazz seem to have killed the off season so far. They look like a really good team, and I think that'd have them number one in the West right now.
1: Number one, yeah, that's it's they they definitely have to be in uh, in that conversation uh, along with. See, that's what I'm talking about. How wide open it is? I mean, I think I think you still couldn't d- discount um, Golden State you know, even with with you know without KD and without Clay Thompson. I would not. Um, that's
0: another intriguing one because they pulled D'Angelo Russell out right. of their ass. Like, like right. I don't know what he's going to do there, but that's a really intriguing fit.
1: Right. It's, it's, you know, I mean, they're going to – if they're Golden State, they're, the strategy probably got to be, like, we're going to win a lot of games, 130 to 120, um, because we're just – we're going to have Let's such go. a tiny backcourt, you know, that it's um, – <laughs> this is just the only way we're going to do it. Uh, but the, other than, you know, going back to Utah, I mean, other than them, yeah, there's, there's – the Nuggets got to be in that conversation right now. Uh, the Lakers, even without Kawhi, would still be um, potentially – Have have a have a shot at it, I think, as well. And and then Houston is still out there, as well as Portland. Though Portland is, I think, probably not as good. But Utah is is when you go across the board, other than the Lakers, Utah is the team you look at that says they they didn't really lose anything of consequence. I mean, Ricky Rubio, but they replaced him with Mike Connolly. They got an upgrade. Uh, so they didn't lose anything really. And they made a lot of upgrades in a lot of spots. They got a third guy with, with Connelly to put with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gilbert. And then they filled out, you know, the back end nicely. Even, um, even if it was uh, guys who were on one year deals, like, you know, Jeff Green. And now of course we just saw former Nugget, uh, Emmanuel Moutier get get signed over there too, so they've got lots and lots of of depth to go with a, a really nice uh, top end to that roster. So I, Utah, I would I would agree is certainly um, certainly in that conversation as uh, as the top team in the West right now, and potentially could be. Yeah, I mean, I think you'd have a hard time picking another team over them.
0: I think they have the best starting lineup right now. Certainly, uh, you have. Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, you have Rudy Gobert at the five. Mm. They did lose Derek
1: Favors, I forgot that They did lose
0: Derek Favors, but they do have Joe Ingles and Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich, excuse me, uh, which is an intriguing signing, I would say. I I don't know if it's the perfect fit, but he's certainly going to space the floor for them. They really are kind of leaning into the floor spacing wing slash small forward slash uh, not big enough to play power forward types. So... I I think that's their one weakness and something that a team like Denver could really uh, take advantage of and with a matchup with Paul Millsap or something like that but uh Right. It's intriguing and I am I am looking forward to seeing how that team plays because it could certainly turn into a your turn my turn situation with Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell. Right. Um uh, I I it's I'm very interested. Uh Interesting. Okay, so a- Woj just tweeted out, let me let me do some live news yes. here. Uh, that Jared What's your Dudley- breaking
1: news drop? It's not a break. Breaking news. Jared
0: Dudley was determined to play with LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the Lakers. He recruited them. And Jared Dudley makes his case to Kawhi Leonard on the Woach pod. So everybody listening here, go listen to the Woj pod and then come back. Uh, and then,
1: uh, <laughs> Walsh, if you're listening, make sure to cut that check to Ryan Blackburn. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I am.
0: My bank account number is 65, <laughs> I'm So, <laughs> uh, hopefully, uh, we get okay. a pen
1: and pencil here, real quick.
0: <laughs> uh, let's jump to some other signings, real quick, in the East before we do our final segment. Uh, Philly? How do we feel about Philly?
1: Philly, uh, I, well, I don't, I, it, 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 I, I I don't feel great, I guess. I don't. I, I think a lot of people feel good about it. I, It's kind of a, I mean, I, I get with kind of doing the Twin Tower thing with Horford and Embiid. It'll help help keep both of those guys' minutes down, which I think is, you know, you, know, you want to keep them in the 30-minute range and not get them much above that because, because of the health uh, issues with Embiid, the age issues starting to get there with Horford. uh Tobias Harris don't not not in love with the contract um, there either. And and I, I again now they've got they've got they're really big, you know on on that front court. And I just I I, I guess I got to see it mesh. All really skilled guys though, so they they definitely I, I I can see them making it work.
0: On a quick aside, I've I've had a shtick for a little bit over the last week or so about getting Tobias Harris to Denver because I think he fits really well with what they do. Um, five years, 180 is probably even too rich for my blood. That is, uh, (laughs) that is brutal. And if I didn't think that he was going to get a max, uh, I thought that Denver could lure him away with a max, but I didn't. I was hoping that they'd not have to pay that much, but uh, five years, 180 million is probably too much for him. Now I do think that with as much staggering of the, uh, of the Horford and bead minutes that I think they're going to do, I think that he'll play a lot of power forward too, but he's being pushed up into starting small forward role and will have to defend a lot of those guys. And that's a, that's a dangerous spot for him and for, uh, because he he really does do best as a power forward now in today's NBA, um, and and then they had Josh Richardson, which I think is a it's a good signing for them. I don't think it's like I think he's probably Gary Harris level or maybe even worse. I think his defense is a little bit overrated. Um, yeah, but I because I mean we, we saw what Gary Harris could do in the playoffs, and he's he's no Josh Richardson according to a lot of people. So I think that. It's it's going to be interesting to see. That's a really fascinating team. Uh, a lot of people are calling them the favorites in the East right now. I don't know if that's true, but we'll see. I mean,
1: I I, I just don't. I, I I mean, again, the Milwaukee's pretty much running it back uh, as well with maybe not with Malcolm Brogdon obviously now anymore or or Miritich. Um, but those are you know those are pieces. I think they can uh, they can survive without. I would I'd have a hard time putting Philadelphia. Above the Bucks, and then obviously if Kawhi comes back, you have you have Toronto above them um, as well, and and you know I guess we'll see it. It's uh, there's there's a a lot to be to like about about the Pacers, I think. So
0: yeah, they were the next team on my list actually, uh, with Malcolm Brogdon leaving Milwaukee and going to Indiana. Right. Uh, Victor Oladipo is injured. They signed Jeremy Lamb, who I assume will start at shooting guard for them until he comes back. I really like Jeremy Lamb. I think he's a starting-level player. Uh, we'll see, though. It's—if it's, it's if they can—they have a lot of versatility, I think. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon and Victor Oladipo can both be on-ball or off-ball. They're right. great defensive guards. Uh, and they're going to try and place Sabonis and Turner together. So, Nuggets fans are very familiar with what happens when you play two skilled bigs together. And uh, they got my guy
1: know. Goga Bidati.
0: Goga Bidati, uh, how do you feel about him?
1: Uh, you know I um he's a Misko guy, which has worked out pretty well for the Nuggets uh, with Jokic. Now Vladko Chanchar uh, comes from that same vein. Really, uh, just uh it, it's it's going to be an interesting uh, pairing with Miles Turner over there. That I was somewhat surprised to see him go to uh, Indiana just because they already have their uh, young center that they're they're. Um, Seem to be pretty happy with so, but I you could really it'd be interesting to see if we could get get some of that uh, five five pick and rolls over there in Indiana like we've seen in Denver. I think those two Let's guys, uh, those two guys can pull off. Exactly.
0: I'm, I'm looking forward to it. They've got and they've got a lot of good off ball players and off ball guards there. So we'll see what happens there. That's interesting. Uh, last one is Milwaukee. Do you think that they? Added enough back because they they brought everybody back and they added West Matthews. Do you think they still right. have enough to be a championship contender?
1: Yeah, I mean absolutely. Like they're the, the, the <laughs> Milwaukee's a championship contender because of uh, uh, because of one player and that's that's Giannis and 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 then what they build around him um, just kind of determines whether or not they get over the hump. And they got really close this year and it really, I mean, honestly, um, could have just as easily gone their way. Uh, as it did Toronto's, but uh, Kawhi just proved to be the better in the matchup. So I mean, especially if he goes to the West, uh, I mean who who who's left in the East with okay with Durant being out this year, um, with Paul George now over in the West, and LeBron James is in the West, and then you'd have Kawhi Leonard on the West. I mean, who's left to try and stop Giannis uh, in the playoffs? I don't. I don't see that guy, I mean, unless you're, I just don't, I mean, unless you think Jimmy Butler is going to suddenly become uh, a superstar, mega superstar in Miami or something like that. There's really not a lot of wing players who can even, you know, you can even fathom being able to slow down uh, Giannis in the playoffs. You
0: know, I think one of the reasons that Philly did what they did was with Giannis in mind. Right. Uh, They're going to start Horford and Embiid. And right. they'll probably put Horford, Harris. yeah, and and Tobias Harris, and he'll try and he'll probably play somewhere. And else And Ben Simmons, but, so I mean, yeah, yeah, be they've big. got and Josh Richardson is their smallest right. player, so like, and he's six six, so they've got a lot of guys who are switchy, uh, who can defend him one on one or at least make his life hell. And they've also got guys who can like they've got a guy in Horford who can now cover for when Embiid sits. So right, it's gonna. It's going to be interesting with that group. I'm really looking forward to the Eastern playoff race because that is as wide open, especially without Durant this year as it has ever been. So we will see about that. Tell you what, we're going to take one last break, and then when we come back, I'm going to have Zach go through the Western Conference with me, and we're going to rank every team. So we'll be right back. we're back. Nuggets numbers, Zach Mikosh here, Ryan Blackburn here, uh, gonna have some fun ranking the Western Conference because I think that it's, it's really surprising how deep this conference is now. Uh, there's, there's a lot of talent distribution that went on. I don't know how any of the bottom teams rise above to the top tier, but we're gonna, we're gonna rank it really quick to see if, uh, to see if we can come up with some semblance of a, of a tier here. So, Zach, how many teams did you rank? Did you just rank your top eight, or did you go all the way to 15? Oh, I got
1: I got all 15. Mm,
0: okay, here you go. Uh, I think that it would be wise to go from 15 to one. How does that sound? I like it. Okay, give me your 15th ranked team.
1: It is still, still the same team that was 15th ranked last year, which is the Phoenix Suns. Um, still got them at the bottom. Did think about put my 14th team uh below them but no for right now i still have phoenix
0: yeah i had phoenix at 14 i decided to put memphis at 15 uh you you know what happens when a a rookie point guard plays it's just very very difficult to be a competent franchise so i i think that a lot of the veterans that are in memphis are probably gonna go i don't see andre iguodala memphis grizzly really sticking yeah uh, i think he'll probably be bought out or traded and then he'll probably go to the lakers is what i'm guessing he can't go back to golden state Uh, but he may find a new home too uh okay so i had 14 in uh, phoenix did you have 14 I, as memphis I, yeah
1: I have memphis is 14 yep so
0: give me your 13
1: my 13 team that is the minnesota timberwolves right now i, I am i am the same yeah, it's yeah, I don't it's just thing I mean yeah, they have some talent. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is is still I think a, a phenomenal basketball player, but outside of him, it's it's I mean, it's bleak. It's just I don't I don't see a ton to be excited about uh, for the Timberwolves.
0: Towns averaged 32 points per game in the second half of the year. Like that's that's 3 and 2. 32 points, and I couldn't believe it when I saw that number and the efficiency that he did it at. That dude is a scoring machine, and I'm very sad for him that he has just kind of fell into a terrible situation, and they thought they were going to get D'Angelo Russell. I have no idea what happened there, so I'm looking forward to the uh, to the story that comes out about what the hell D'Angelo Russell did to the Minnesota Timberwolves because they thought they were going to trade right. Andrew Wiggins, and I think that they still could. But maybe they can't anymore, so we'll see what happens. Uh, give me your twelfth team.
1: All right, number twelve. So this is where it starts to get tough because now you're. I mean, there's uh, from twelve up. It, it starts to get. You look at you look at these different teams and you think, ah, oh, these guys can have a chance. So I. I I'm going to put this I'm going to temper I wanted to temper my own bias and my own expectation expectations cuz I'm a huge Luka Doncic fan but right now I have uh the Mavericks at 12 though I would not be shocked if that's a team who you know earns like an 8 seed uh this year in the west
0: We're the same. Uh I think that I have Dallas at 12 too. It's really hard to put them any higher than that just because we haven't seen what Kristaps Porzingis looks exactly. like Exactly. Uh, they still have a lot of holes in their rotation, in my opinion. Uh, Seth Curry is not going to fill that. He is—he does not count as a starting caliber player. And I don't think they've really signed anybody else of note. Have they?
1: Um,
0: Not that I can no, call. Yeah, I, should probably, I can't. should probably know that before actually putting them at 12th. But, uh, we just
1: let it just totally bash the Mavericks. It's fine. There's, let's
0: look. Dallas Mavericks. This is high quality
1: podcasting right here. Yeah. <laughs> hmm.
0: Um, well, they hit the, apparently they're rumored to be interested in Marcus Morris, so you can you can say that that's definitely what happened there.
1: I've seen that and Danny Green and
0: Yeah. They brought back Maxi Kleber and Doria and Finney Smith, so that's uh,
1: oh Luca no because that fell through or I was gonna say they got Goran Dragic but that that, that actually fell yeah, through yeah it's so.
0: actually I was right. I was actually looking forward to seeing what Dragic and Doncic could do together right. that seems like a very fun pairing but uh, especially because they're the Slovenian <laughs> so, bros right exactly uh, give me your eleventh team sir
1: all right uh, number eleven where did I just. I, Clicked off my list. Here we get it back right here. Uh, number eleven. I have the uh, the Los Angeles Clippers. I am not. I am not a believer. Wow. Uh, in the Clippers and what they did last season I think they were I think they are going to regress uh and I think fairly hard I am they, they've they got some nice young pieces Uh but there's uh, beyond that like I I mean Danilo Gallinari another year older you know they 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 don't I mean Lou Williams another year older right they, they're they're getting to the point where it's like I'm not – I just I just don't buy that this team um, is, is going to – Patrick Beverley, another guy, another year older. I mean, I just don't buy that they're going to be able to maintain what they did last season.
0: Interesting. Uh, I, I hear you with that for sure, and I should preface it with this. Uh, we made these lists with the idea that Kawhi Leonard would be staying in Toronto. Understandably, Quint. he would elevate the L.A. Lakers. He would elevate the L.A. Clippers – uh, two different heights than where we have them. But right now, I think it's easier to just take the Kawhi factor out of it. So uh, I had the LA Clippers at 9 ahead of the Sacramento Kings at 11 and the New Orleans Pelicans at 10.
1: Okay, so we got them pretty much in the same order because I go Clippers, uh, Pelicans, Kings. So um, we just kind of swapped them around there.
0: Okay. Um, what did you – Oh, okay, I was go just ahead. just gonna ask you about New Orleans. That's uh, how I was gonna say of, the same thing. Yeah. Hey, I mean they're uh, they're a fascinating team, and we're gonna see whether Derek Favors was actually like super valuable in Utah and right. how much value he can bring to the Pelicans because I think he's a very solid player. Uh, I would call him a solid starter, but I don't right. think I would call him anything more than that. And right now they have a they have an All Star caliber player in Drew Holiday. They've got a couple of solid starters in. Uh, Let's go J.J Reddick, I would say, and Derek favors, but other than Zion Williamson, I don't really know what to make of their young core. It just it nothing really seems to fit and it's kind of just a coagulation of right conglomerate of pieces
1: right yeah there there's some I mean there's gonna be some um some kind of like shaking out with them, I guess it's it's a a totally different roster. Uh, than what they came with last season and and, uh, the way this team has been built for several seasons now so um, we've got but you've got a guy like Zion Williamson I love the idea of Derek Favors as a center um, especially on that team I think they're going to be fast they're going to they're going to be athletic they're going to Really, be one of the more exciting, like definitely one of your league pass teams um, to watch this this season for sure. I I I like though that they brought in favors. I think that gives them a lot of what Anthony Davis gave them in terms of you know defensive fit and 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 just being able to um, do a lot of the same concepts. Obviously, he doesn't. He's not going to be the highlight of your offense like Davis was. but he still has a, has a, a a decent enough um, ability there to to do to not have to change things too much. And then you've got Zion though, who can kind of take a lot of I think the 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 offensive focus that you were giving to Anthony Davis. He's primed to be that type of player um, and, and, and play in, in a in a role that's that's like that, but just faster and quicker. Because obviously Zion's more of a uh, more of a uh he's hard to say because he's not even i wouldn't even call him a wing but he's you know he's a six foot six guy so yeah exactly
0: he's a guy who's gonna touch the ball handler that's
1: a good one
0: Um, and maybe maybe in more of the draymond mold where he may be the guy setting the pick but he's also on the short roll and then passes to other guys so it's going to be really interesting to see how they utilize him they'll probably put Derek favors and and They'll either put him in the dunker spot, or they might even spot him out in the corner. So it'll be interesting to see how and then they run that offense. Mean,
1: you've got a guy like Brandon Ingram who, if he can, he can just be all. He, all you need him to be in, on this team is just be a consistent outside shooting threat, you know. And 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 don't necessarily have to worry about you know when he was, especially before LeBron got there, when he was with the Lakers, he was kind of the guy they looked at to be the one who was going to carry the offensive load for them. Um, he doesn't have to do that anymore, which which I think will give him an opportunity to grow. Lonzo ball just being picked out of LA, out of you know, out of that spotlight, man, getting him a chance to just go down to New Orleans and just focus on playing basketball, that I think could help him a lot. I, I get what you're saying, you, it's it's really hard to tell what's what going to become of this of this young core of theirs, but I think they they've got they've got guys who are primed um, primed to make uh, a good a good leap because I think they're in a better situation than they were in LA.
0: They're definitely good. I think that that's definitely a 40-win team. Uh better than they were last year for sure because uh, uh for obvious reasons, but they really uh put got a lot of depth on their team. Not sure how it fits yet, but I think they'll figure it out and they they might still make trades to make it work. So, okay, that's enough about them. Touch on the Sacramento Kings a little bit. They added some Uh, veteran pieces but excuse me um i'm um i don't know if they added enough to get into the playoff threshold because we know that the lakers are going to jump up into there and i currently have the clippers over them too uh we'll we'll see what happens and then i i debated putting them over san antonio who i have at eight
1: right yep i got san antonio eight as well
0: it's it's going to be interesting. San Antonio has uh, Dejounte Murray coming back.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: what do you what do you make of their team at this moment?
1: Uh, you know, I mean, other than what demari Carroll, they really haven't. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I don't think they've made any. Have they made any other signings? No, they.
0: I yeah. don't think they've done anything of significance.
1: Yeah, so they're 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 gonna they're gonna, they're gonna run it back as well, which is kind of an interesting uh, strategy from from the I think from their the standpoint of the. Uh, the spurs because they're not exactly a ton of youth well here's on that the thing they,
0: they do have guys like Derek white and lonnie walker mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they just drafted a couple of guys like luke lucas amonich or, or whatever his name is and uh and uh who else did they get they got a powerful oh kelden johnson they got kelden johnson so i mean kelden johnson so he's not gonna like light the doors on fire but he could uh he could certainly contribute to them uh, I I have trouble being super excited about their team though until we see what Dejounte Murray is and and honestly like I, Demar Derozan and LaMarcus Aldridge just cap your ceiling. They're going to be good, but they're only ever going to be good.
1: Right, right, exactly. they that's the, that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah, they're not uh, the San Antonio. I don't see any viable path for them to be anything more than. First or or at best second round fodder uh, in the playoffs and even then um, you know like there's there's a better chance of them not making the playoffs I think than them becoming a getting to getting out of the first round so I, it's kind of interesting to me that they're pretty much going to run it back like that but it's a quality team I mean they're solid like so they're going to get Dejounte Murray back it's going to be interesting to see how they make that work with Derek White with the way Derek White. Uh, played in the playoffs, particularly. Uh, so they've they've got some young pieces, like you said, but nobody nobody that's blown you the doors off yet. And, I, and like you said, they're just going to be good. They're that that's, they're pretty much the Spurs are at their ceiling. This is as good as I think this group uh, is ever going to get them. And maybe that's the, that's fine for for Popovich right now. But um, I, I, I at some point I think we we always talked you know never count out the Spurs. I think we're starting to really see it. Uh, come together in these past couple seasons where this is a team who probably is going to need um, to really tear it down and do a rebuild, uh, and, and it's probably happening quicker or sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they moved to Rosen or Aldrich this year, so that's, uh, that's interesting. Give me your seventh team.
1: That is where I currently have the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, wow. Kawhi Leonard, because listen, uh, the, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are very good, but they're they're only two players, and and just like a, I mean, you don't have any. Uh, it's you don't look any further than the team that I have right in front of them, which is the Oklahoma City Thunder, um, because again, another team who has two stars. Um, and the Thunder actually have quite a bit of uh, some nice nice pieces around that. A guy like you know like you think about a guy like Stephen Adams is. Um somewhat of a, a star player in his own right, maybe not quite there, but that kind of level. I tell you what, if he's a free agent, he probably would get a max contract. Uh so they, but they've been together, they've got some chemistry going now. This this Lakers team right now is 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 three guys or what four guys right now. They they signed someone, I think, today. Um <laughs>
0: But it's, yeah, they uh, they signed uh, Troy Daniels, and I yeah, think they brought in uh, Jared Dudley today. Jared so.
1: Dudley, that's right. So they're they're there are at five guys now uh, on the roster in total, and they're going to basically be if they don't get Kawhi, you know, they, they could add some nice pieces uh, that maybe would change this. But but as they stand right now, like I'm like man, they, I I don't know who else is playing on this team, uh, and these two stars, as good as they are, are not are not enough for me to put them pretty much higher than, uh, uh, you know, What do I got them in the seventh spot right now.
0: Interesting. I currently have Oklahoma City in the seventh spot. I have Golden State at six and L.A. at five. I just kind of assume that L.A. is going to get enough pieces, uh, whether it's Danny Green, let's say, I don't know, let's say Danny Green goes to the Lakers if Kawhi doesn't go to the lakers then let's mm-hmm. let's say he goes to the clippers or something then that would be a pretty good fit for him uh, and there are other guys still out there on the market we talked about marcus morris he could be a, a depth piece for them but they really do need guards right and uh obviously there aren't a ton of those there are probably a lot of guys that are waiting to see where Kawhi goes but i'm uh, i'm interested they'll bring back Alex Caruso, who's the Caruso? There you go,
1: there you go, the king uh, of the receding hairline, king of, king of La. <laughs> that's the guy. Yeah. So yeah, um, I mean, I had so I mean, I it's interesting. So you have the Warriors, uh, you have the, the Blazers slotted ahead of the Warriors, which I do not. I have. Oh I have no no the, no! I
0: have a I have Oklahoma City at seven, Golden State at six, the Lakers at five.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I have I have the Lakers at seven, Oklahoma City at six, the Blazers at five.
0: Oh wow! So you're you're still higher on Golden State.
1: I am. I, I have them right at four, but um, it's not so much that I'm a higher on Golden State. It's that I, I the Blazers, a three seed that they were last season, they they I don't think they really got better um, this off season. Now they will get Yusuf Nurkic back, which is uh, which is a nice addition, but that's going to take some time. It's not like he's you know gonna be rolling into training camp ready to ready to rock. So
0: yeah, and the, the guy that they got to replace him, they just traded for him was Hasan Hassan Whiteside. Whiteside. That's, I'm not uh, a whole son White's. I believe just I don't think anybody is. Here. Honestly, <laughs> right. that's a, right. that is a interesting pairing for them, and they kind of traded all of their power forwards or, or right and all go, their like so. all
1: their big wings. I mean, they don't they don't have Moharcos anymore, right? They don't have uh, Evan Turner I like anymore. Mo
0: I think but, like he could have been a good power forward for them.
1: No, I so I agree. I think Moharcos is a good player, but now where where he's at, uh, he's in the Clippers now, right? So yeah, um, I mean, I think I'm thinking missing another guy too. That's no longer. I'm, uh, i'm not i'm not a huge uh myers leonard believer so i I wouldn't you know (laughs) yeah don't think uh, that's a big they
0: they traded evan turner though they got evan turner right they got kent Kent basemore in there who you know i like i'm a big kent basemore guy um and he'll he'll be a good bench piece for them but they brought rodney hood back they brought kent basemore in they've got a they'll probably get jake layman back i guess but uh I don't know who they're going to start at the four. Maybe they go big with Zach Collins. Oh, uh,
1: Aminu. That's the other guy they lost was Aminu. Oh, yeah, yeah, because
0: he went to Orlando. He was their starting four.
1: Yeah, exactly. Who I liked Aminu. I thought that was a guy who I would have, you know, obviously the Nuggets couldn't afford.
0: Yeah, Portland fans, a lot of Portland fans complained about Aminu, but I think everybody else kind of sees him as a pretty valuable player, so you never know. Actually, let's talk about Golden State really quick, because I think it's really interesting. We both have them kind of in this middle playoff tier, I would say, Right. but not necessarily sure where that ultimately pans out for them, because I think they're just such an unknown with Clay Thompson being injured, uh, Kevin Durant being gone, and D'Angelo Russell, of all people, in there.
1: Yeah, you know the D'Angelo Russell trade, uh, signing trade, I guess, was really kind of one of the more uh, shocking, I guess, things we saw in in free agency. The uh, I don't necessarily think the Warriors, you know, really wanted D'Angelo Russell, but they didn't want to lose Durant obviously for nothing. So you take, you know, you do the sign and trade. You can get Russell back with that, uh, with the matching salaries, and, and absorb him without having to have the cap space to bring him in. You know, it gives them something that potentially can trade down. I just don't understand why Russell does it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me that he decides to go to Golden State when it's, it seems fairly obvious. That he is, you know, that he is going to be traded here uh, sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, it feels like he—he he seems to me like a guy who really takes pride in playing point guard and being kind of the guy. Right. Um, and I don't know how you can be the guy with Stephen freaking Curry on a team. Right. So it's 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 different. I think he would probably be better suited to play elsewhere without a ball dominant guard next to him but i mean that's just me the the warriors like you said they're probably just looking to get something out of nothing here but it's it's light it's a light year's move to grab d'angelo russell play him for a season that you don't necessarily think you're going to be winning a championship anyway and then flip him either at the trade deadline or maybe at the beginning of next summer and then get some assets back uh couple of places where i thought that he would really work well are minnesota and phoenix who i think he was rumored to be interested in so uh the the light years move i have with phoenix is to try and bring in deandre ayton and actually trade d'angelo russell for deandre ayton if you're golden state
1: yeah that's uh that's not a bad move i mean that's i i i could see Golden State going that route. I don't, you know, like I think Russell. He's he's more established right now, so he he probably can get you even a little more eight and plus. You know, uh, maybe another player like 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 a, like a Mikael Bridges uh, or another pick or something like that, where you can get um, even get potentially add a couple of young pieces to your to your guy, your core of Thompson Green and Curry and maybe fill out your roster that way because that's really the 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 problem that, that Golden State has run into is that they they lose Kevin Durant um, well they're still paying a ton of money to Steph Curry they just re-upped Klay Thompson now with a max deal you got Draymond Green whose contract comes up next season they they traded away a bunch of picks um, as well to make everything kind of work they don't like the cupboard is bare they don't and they don't have a way to restock it so this is this is a way for them to do that uh, and so going to a team like Phoenix who's got a lot of young pieces uh, not not a bad way to do it it's it it's kind of it, it feels like 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 you know long term collusion, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess if it works, you know. Hey, it's, it's legal and everybody it.
0: agreed to it, which it's right. weird. I don't know why D'Angelo Russell agreed to it because it just kind of seemed like he really wanted to go to Minnesota. So maybe he knows he's going to Minnesota in the future. Maybe they try and go get Robert Covington, or or maybe they go get Andrew Wiggins and try and rehab him. So that's that to me seems dumb but you never know uh, okay let's talk about let's talk about this top three because i think we both really have a top three set right now uh whether it's uh, Utah, Houston, or Denver, that's actually the order I have these teams in. I have Denver at third. Is that the order that you have?
1: Yep, Denver three, uh, Houston two, and and Utah one. And and I think the the the, the reason you have to put, uh, we both already kind of talked about how we have we had Utah at the top. Um, but the reason you put Houston, I think, above Denver is because even though. Uh, there there seems to be a lot going on off the court. There's a lot uh, with, going on. with Houston, <laughs> right? Right. What was funny is they were talking about adding Jimmy Butler to that mix. I was like, no oh yeah, way. that'll work out. That'll be <laughs> fabulous. I'm sure this is gonna go just splendidly. Um, but uh, the, you know, um, even with that, they're, they're still the same team that is basically just whoop the Nuggets butts here for for a good. Uh, going on three seasons now. So um, I think you, you kind of have to put them ahead of Denver until you see differently.
0: Yeah. And and I do think that there's a chance that Denver leapfro- leapfrogs them over the course of this year, whether that's more Houston's doing or Denver's doing. It could be in the form of Jamal Murray uh, becoming a star and, and really living up to this contract that he just signed. It could be Chris Paul declining and, and just just Becoming a such a toxic asset at the amount of money that he's making that you don't really know t- know what to do with that. So really interesting teams there. And then we talked about Utah at one. It's uh it's hard to argue with what they've done and and there are flaws like they really did load up for the next couple of years given the age of Conley and Ingles and Bogdanovich and those guys are kind of all locked in for a little bit. So it's not necessarily like like it's it's these couple of years and then uh, Mitchell will be making more money and Gobert will be making potentially a supermax like he's actually probably eligible for that so uh right. they're really loading up for to try and win the next couple of years and I don't know what they're going to do if they don't
1: Yeah I mean it's it's kudos to to the Jazz for for going all in right now it's it's not a bad strategy with the way um, with the way the Warriors have kind of crumbled, hey, the, and, and the league don't.
0: is really breaking their way. Like as as long as as long as Kawhi doesn't go to the Lakers, which could totally upend all of this, the Utah Jazz are a legitimate championship threat.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. And and the thing that's nice about them is they've got that big three, in, in Conley and in Mitchell and Gobert, uh, and then they've got a lot of nice pieces around them. Like you said, Ingles. I mean Bogdanovich. Yes, these guys are they're older, but they've also got some young guys like Dante Exum is, you know, is out there still on the team. Uh, They brought in Emmanuel Moutier as kind of a uh, reclamation project. You know, they've got they've got... Talented guys at the top. They've got nice quality role players, and then they've got uh, they've got some young low risk guys who who maybe they can get developed into uh, nice quality role players. And they've
0: got they've got Jeff Green, so that's uh, Jeff Green. That's somebody who would yeah. really make an impact. I'm I'm just kidding, but they do have Ed Davis, who's actually a really good backup center. So can't really talk any crap about them. They are my. As it stands right now, without hearing about Kawhi, they are my Western Conference favorite, which is really, really interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I think it um, uh, it kind of came a little bit out of nowhere, but uh, everything, like you said, everything is kind of breaking their way right now, and they're making the most of it. So it's it's, it's exciting, and I think it's why, all, it's like we were saying, we all want Kawhi to go back to Toronto because... We want to have this wide open NBA where everybody feels like they've got a chance or at least, you know, uh, eight or so teams in the NBA feel like they've got a chance at, at winning a title this year and maybe legitimately do. So you can, you know, you just hope, you hope that it doesn't all get ruined um, by the stupid Lakers like most things are.
0: Agreed. Uh, the championship equity around the NBA is at an all time at all time balanced rate right now, and we do not want to screw that up, Lakers fans. So go, go, Greg, go get another star, another year. This is a this is the year of the balanced competitive NBA. So exactly, that's gonna do it from us over here, uh, Zach. Great to have you on, man. It's it's the return to Nuggets numbers return. after after your retirement.
1: My my yes, it. Uh, uh, I'm going to get back to uh, you know. I guess what do people do? I'm going to fish. <laughs> uh, get back to moving to Florida and oh. uh, other <laughs> or maybe Scottsdale Scottsdale's <laughs> the way to
0: go man I've, I've been out to Scottsdale it's a nice place
1: it's a dry heat <laughs> it's
0: dry heat <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll see you in Cabo in a couple of weeks man
1: there you go. Alrighty, buddy. All right,
0: this has been the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning into Nuggets Numbers. I'm Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. He is Zach Mikosh at Zach Mikosh. Very simple. Uh, we will see you guys in a couple weeks.